Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the heist that the 49ers pulled on the New England Patriots. You know, when we made this trade, we gave them our first second round draft pick. And with the belief from the Patriots that it would be pretty high, arguably the second or first pick of the second round of the draft. But what they didn't count on was the fact that we got Jimmy G. And now we're about to rattle off, maybe, maybe go 6-10, and 10, thus ruining the wonderful position of that pick. That was the heist. And this day's episode is sponsored by that beautiful heist. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you tell them where they can find us? You can follow us and like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. And leave comments because we love it. We'd love to hear from you. We've been getting a lot of feedback lately, and it's great to converse with the community on the YouTube platform. So thanks for all the support, and that's where you can find us. Yeah, the YouTube platform is blowing up. Oh, my God. We're at 345 right now in subs. The last episode had 6 million million views. It's the most watched video of all time. (laughs) We're viral. Yeah, 6,000 views. The last one, Jimmy Garoppolo. The Goldcast always – the Goldcast YouTube channel is super hot. I got to look at the – at the iTunes numbers, but the iTunes numbers are in the thousands. Um, it's pretty high. We, we're, we're, we're past 2K on that, so that's pretty crazy. Goldcast Nation is spreading like wildfire. The, um, you know, we're, <clears throat> I'd have to look at the numbers for this last, these last couple episodes, but it, arguably we probably, we might be, we're hovering somewhere around eight to 10,000 views if you combine everything for the last Goldcast episode. That's insane. We really appreciate it. The comments are incredible. You guys are awesome. We are going to do a preview episode, a preview. We have a special guest on today. Uh, Here we go. Preview episode of the final game of the season, 49ers at Rams, SF versus LA, final battle. But first, the intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Via from San Francisco. And then our special guest, he hasn't been here in a while, not since the last time the Rams and the 49ers have played, our Los Angeles co-host. Louis B. Boom. Well, gentlemen. Last time we did this, it was arguably one of the greatest Thursday night football games of all time. And now we are back for the final game of the season in what we were hoping was going to be a super intense major battle between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Unfortunately, some news has come out just yesterday. The Los Angeles Rams are going to be sitting all of their starters, but regardless Louis B is back on to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about this game. First of all, 
Let's talk about the deflation. Louis, you and I bought tickets for this game back in the summer. We were go we are going this Sunday together in the hopes of watching the future of the NFC. It is still the future of the NFC, but it's not quite all of the players we were expecting. Louis, I want to start with you first. First, fuck your Rams. Congratulations on your Rams. Now you can talk. Oh, God, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good to be back. I will say thanks for having me back on. Uh, just so the faithful knows, I was supposed to be on here a while ago, a couple weeks ago, like a month or two ago, but then we recorded the episode and it like, I can't remember what happened, but it just collapsed or something. I was like it blackout did. drunk, so it's probably a good thing that it didn't go live, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad to be back. Uh, and I'm glad to be back as a champion. You know, it feels good to be a, a division-winning champion right now. Uh, it's pretty special for me. <laughs> I've yet to experience it as a full-grown adult, so this is nice. Um, but yeah, man, it, it is a bummer. We like, like you said, like you said, we bought tickets for this back in God, the, like June or July, man. And we were hoping, like, it was like, all right, like neither teams gonna be in playoffs, and this will be for like, you know, this will be like bragging rights and all this stuff. But then sure as shit, you know, we're in playoffs and then it's like, yeah, well, we clinched and there's no really reason to start them. So and I, you know, personally, I don't like benching starters for an entire game. Like, I think it's always smart to at least let them get a quarter in or maybe a quarter and a half and then bench them just because, man, like that week off, you know, it, it, it takes its toll. We've seen that, you know, happen with other teams before where it takes its toll and then they come in a little rusty. It is only one game, but um, I would have liked to have seen them play. I'm also biased because I'm going to be there. You know what I mean? I want to watch my guys. So, But it'll still be fun, you know, nonetheless, um, to be there with you, of course, and kind of catch these guys. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see, um, see kind of, like you said, what the future looks like, man. You know, we're not going to see every all the pieces. But, you know, we we never talking. You know, I think we think McVay, Shan- McVay, Goff, Shanahan, Garoppolo is is kind of the future of the NFC West, man. I mean, how we've been playing, how the Niners have looked with Garoppolo. I mean, man, dude, I, I I can't even lie about it. You guys are looking good, and and it's you know looking scary, man. I was nervous last week before we won because last week if we didn't win, the division would still be up in the air. And I was like, man, that that week seventeen game is a trap game, dude. I was so scared. I was like nervous. So we got the win last week. Cause all right, thank God it doesn't come down to the Niners. Cause I don't trust you guys, man. I thought you guys would have knocked us down. <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about that real quick. And then Ray, we're going to get you on. I know Raymond's sitting here itching to get on, but real quick, I want to <laughs> talk about that. So from San Francisco, from the San Francisco side, it has been very impressive to see what the Rams have put together. You know, you guys, you guys, you guys are in a very similar situation to Harbaugh in 2010 with the 49ers, where you had a great team and a terrible coach that was not executing at the level that everyone thought what they were capable of. You know, it's similar to the Niners. Maybe not. Maybe people weren't expecting them to be arguably the number one or number two seed in the entire NFC. But everybody thought that you guys were at least had the talent to for a wild card spot or at least make a run towards the division, maybe not in the level that you guys are at, but McVeigh and company have just completely revamped it. And literally, I mean, you guys have done almost exactly what Harbaugh did in 2010, just turn it around, made it one of the best teams in the league, arguably with Philadelphia going down, maybe the premier team in the league who, you know, it's, it's kind of a toss up between you and Minnesota. And, you know, so it has been impressive. It's definitely been shocking. So now I want to flip that table you have a 1 in 10 team. You know, we trade for Garoppolo. You and I were in San Francisco when that trade went down. Remember that, Louis? We oh, were yeah. there for the Hollywood oh, yeah. party. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're there 
Yeah, we were there partying in San Francisco. You catch the trade first on on the online. You tell me you need to see what happened. Oh my God, you guys are just <laughs> traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm freaking out the rest of the weekend. And then I calm down, and then we don't see him for a month. And then he makes that little two-minute debut against – who was that against, Ray? I can't believe I'm running a blank on this. That was the uh, Seahawks. That was the Seahawks, yep. Yes, that's right, in the final, in the final minute and a half. And he makes that one, the, the, the two passes, the little run, and the, the, the touchdown, and it's gorgeous. And the next week he starts, and now we've gone five straight – Titans was the big test, but Jacksonville was the big one where everyone was kind of like, ah, well, you know, I mean, there's no way they're going to pull it off. But, you know, I mean, it's the best number one team, number one defense in the NFL. And then Garoppolo mops it up. So now I want to get the reverse table. We've watched you guys do this all year, and it's been impressive. What's the L.A. feeling? What's the Ram perspective on all of a sudden the Niners just completely a 180 when we were left for dead at one and ten? Oh man, I mean, it's definitely uh, su- surprising to say the least, um, and it's it's ex- it's exciting, man. You know, I mean, obviously the the faithful knows how much I <laughs> how much I hate the Niners, but in a in a rival <laughs> way, you know, in a, in a rivalry way, you know, I, I respect you guys a lot, and you know, I want to see. I, I was telling Rudy this. I you know, it's since Rudy and I have been friends, it's ne- the Rams and the Niners have never been competitive together. They've always, you know, the Niners were running the table and we were the bottom and, you know, we gave you guys a run, but we were never competing for a playoff spot. There's a chance that next year we're duking it out for the division and we're, you know, we're fighting it up. So, I, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the competition. I'm excited to make, to put even more pressure on these games between us, you know, than there already is. Um, and yeah, man, you guys, I mean, dude, you guys have a young crew around you and I think Jimmy G showing what he's done in what the month in the in the two months that he's been in the Shanahan system, which is a complicated system, in the two months he's been there, he's won five straight or four four or five straight. He's put up the numbers he's put up. He looks good. I watched him do it. I watched the two minute drive um, against. I can't remember what team it was, but it, they did a two minute drive against the team, and he just Tennessee, looked. Do you look Tennessee? Texans, it was the Texans. Yeah, the uh, oh the Titans. Texans. Sorry, the Tennessee Titans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The way he executed that was outstanding, man. The poise he had, uh, you know. And, and look, I don't care what team that's against. Did you watch it live, or did you see the uh, the mic'd up version? I see that. I saw the mic'd up version. That's the best version. <clears throat> that's what was so impressive. Yeah, watching that and going, "Wow, man!" Like, look at how cool he is on the sideline. Look at how calm he is when he goes in the huddle. Look at him making the calls. The side. just, just. Just cool, man. Cool and calm and poised. And that is in my that's all you're looking for. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's all you can look for in a quarterback, especially in a quarterback that's been in the system for two months. Like now you add a whole offseason in and they're gonna acquire people. You guys have really good cap space. Like, yeah, no, I mean, no doubt, dude. And literally, I'm I'm you know, and again, call it rose-colored glasses or whatever, but I'm I don't see how it wouldn't be the Rams and Niners next year duking it out for for the division, man. Like I, Arizona's done. Seattle obviously will get healthy again, but I mean, dude, they're 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 it, it's, they're on the back end of their of their run right now. Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman are all nearing thirty. Earl Thomas is Earl Thomas is in his later twenties. But so, I mean, these guys are they're people are going to yeah, be. Yeah, apparently out. Earl Thomas is now make, making pitches to to Jason Garrett in in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, to be a cowboy. <laughs> 
So it's like, yeah. dude, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that team, man? The running game blows. The offensive line isn't good. You know, you can only count on Russell Wilson so much. And so it's like, yeah, man, I, I don't see why how it wouldn't be us too. And I think that it'd be so cool to see, you know, McVay and Shanahan, two really young coaches, good offensive minds with 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 good young teams duking it out, man, for for the foreseeable future. So yeah, it's it's exciting, man. It's, it honestly is exciting to watch. Yeah, can we all rejoice as NFC West, even as rivals, but can we all rejoice in the demise of the Seahawks? How beautiful is this? <laughs> the best. If there's one team, the if there's one team that has managed to just incite fury into all into all uh fan bases in the NFC, it has to be the it has to be the the Seattle Seahawks. Agreed. Yes, I'm, it's it's so it's so nice to see them come to the end of their run. When where now they're Richard Sherman is you know just done for the year, and we don't he most likely will not be the same next year. I can guarantee that. Um, in terms of his speed and his man coverage abilities, he's not going to be. He's all he was already on the downswing. They put all their money in the secondary and none in the offensive line, which to me is was the opposite of how we did business with the Harbaugh era where we put all the money into the offensive line and the, we did hurt in the secondary, at least in those following couple years of the first year, we had two pro bowlers. Carlos Rogers had seven picks that season. So it depends, you know, it's, it's a hard one to, to balance because the second most difficult position to play is cornerback. So from Pete Carroll's position, he's like, all right, if we get the quarterback then we should put our money in the secondary because that's the, the next hardest position to play, which is totally true. So I can see where they're coming from, but in the long term, it hasn't really paid, paid dividends in terms of them become, I mean, they're still viable. They're in the playoff race. You know, Russell Wilson has some really good escapability and mobility in the pocket. He's kind of like, he's like up and down during the regular season, but in playoffs and big moments, he tends to show up big time, even though that there's a lack of a protection around him and he doesn't have all the weapons he used to have with Marshawn Lynch. I know Doug Baldwin's still a good threat on the outside there, but they're on the downswing and it's great. And it's, it's just, and, and Arizona is probably the worst of the two because they have a coach that's aging and is not going to last too much longer in the NFL, according to what his standards were. And he voiced this in press conferences. And then the other part of that is they have no quarterback. They have no quarterback for the future. How, how bad do you think this team is kicking themselves for not offering up something to new England for Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, come on. It's sitting oh, right there. Man. They have to be, think about it. They're, you guys have Jared Goff. Seattle has Russell Wilson. The two West Coast teams, or the two NFC West teams, which is as far away as you could possibly put Garoppolo, which is, I think, where they wanted to do. They didn't, obviously, they didn't want to put, New England didn't want to put Jimmy G in the, in the AFC. They definitely didn't want to put him in their own division. They didn't want him anywhere in the conference. So next, you got to look NFC, and they went as far west, literally to the opposite coast. That's how far away they put him. Arizona has to be kicking themselves that they didn't put up something, right? Like they have to be out of all the teams in the NFC. I feel like they're the biggest losers in the Garoppolo trade, right? hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. They're the only team without a quarterback in that division. So, you know, they, they were the, they they were in the same position as us where they have an injured Carson Palmer. who's you know, is on running on fumes at this point. And they have they have Drew Stanton behind him, and who who after that? Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Come on, those, those aren't your future guys. So the fact that they didn't do anything just really shocks me. 
because well here's the other thing too so the Niners went after Jimmy Garoppolo in before the draft of this year we did and of course Bill Belichick shot down John Lynch within seconds and's like no sorry not going to happen not even available for discussion you know and then kind of he he half jokingly said well how about you trade Tom Brady for a first round pick and Bill Belichick was like like what are you kidding me get the f out of here man but anyways what ends up happening is Bill Belichick calls John Lynch back on Halloween at the trade deadline and says, hey, you know, let's, now let's talk about this because now I've got no choice. I've, I've held out as long as I can hold out. I can't pay $50 million for two quarterbacks next year, so I've got to get rid of the one that, you know, that I, got, I, I can't sit down Jimmy Garoppolo for another two, three years as Tom Brady, you know, as Tom Brady's invincibility continues to outshine his age. So... Let's make a deal. And, of course, he gives them a high, a basically a late first-rounder is essentially what that pick is, which is what New England typically likes to, to deal with. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how, we'll see how uh, it works out for them with that pick. But, I mean, honestly, who gives a shit what they're going to do with that pick? The truth is we have a great quarterback, and I think I was really disappointed when Sean McVay made the announcement that, he was going to sit all of his main starters because I'm like, oh, man, this just became a give game. I was like, even the Vegas odds flipped, and now now the Niners are favored to win this game, whereas before the Rams were. And it's all because he took out Goff. He took, he's taken out Gurley. He's taken out Aaron Donald. I think he's taken out uh, another defensive end. He's taken out all the heavy hitters that were in that Thursday night contest. Those are, guys are all out now. And so now it's just backups versus Kyle Shanahan, which I think he can – That's going to be no contest i think the only thing that would help la at this point is if the niners kind of go in being overconfident kind of the similar the way that the jags came into the r game thinking that it was going to be an easy picking uh on us with the number one defense facing uh you know a bottom feeding offense and a bottom feeding defense so that ended up blowing up in their faces but i think kyle Shanahan's poised enough to at least in the interviews i've read that have come out since then saying that a he's disappointed but b He's keeping his composure because he doesn't want the team to really get overconfident and to kind of stay the course. We still need to get the reps in. We still need to get the, build the momentum of the winning mentality as they go into the 2018 offseason draft, free agent market, and then, of course, the preseason and regular season. So I think with all that in mind, everyone's on the same page, so they're still going to play hard from our perspective. But I'm with Louie. I'm disappointed that it's not going to be the match that we all wanted it to be. You know, the two youngest and the two youngest offensive minds in the NFL battling, at, battling it out at the very end of the season, much like last year. So um, I love the way they arrange the schedule and how it aligns with the Rams, and I think they're going to continue to play this where I think it would be great if they kept that schedule where play Rams early in the season, play Rams at the end of the season, especially with the way that the, of the, uh, the, the dichotomy within the division has now shifted in favor of Rams and Niners leading the way, and then Seattle, Arizona kind of falling to the bottom half. But we'll see how it turns out. No doubt. And, and honestly, dude, that's that's kind of where I think, too. I, I mark my words now, man. I wouldn't be surprised to see both Rams-Niners games end up being primetime next year. I think, you know, maybe another Thursday night game, and then I wouldn't be surprised to have, yeah, our game be, again, a Week 16, Week 17 matchup. That's prime time. That's 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 you know deciding. You know, I think they're taking note and saying, look, this these games might decide the division again. If we lost last week, this game would be deciding the division for for us in Seattle. You guys would be the the gatekeepers, basically. Obviously, not between you guys, but it would be between us and Seattle. 
because if we would have lost, they would, they would have still had an in there. So, you know, it, it obviously it, it does really blow. I'm happy that I'm, it really does blow though. You know what I mean? Like it, it sucks that we're not gonna be able to see that, but I, you know, I get, I agree with your guys' side of it and I get the Niner side of it where they, they should, they need to, and they should keep their starters and they should play their guys. They should play to win this fucking game. Like take, pardon my language there. Uh, they should keep it in going like, keep that momentum going. You know what I mean? Like, keep that going into the off season. That's very, it's crucial, man. You know, if you end on a, you end on a high note at the end of the season, you know, you went five, six straight to end the year. It's like, dude, like then going to the off season. If you keep a lot of the same guys, that camaraderie, that camaraderie is still there. And they're going, man, you're like, what we did last year, we can do that again. Like it's, you know, it's a mindset, it's momentum. So no, I totally think, I think they, they should, but I also think they will keep their, all their stars. I think Jimmy G will play. Um, you know, obviously I don't know how we'll do, how will fare? Um, I'm I'm not expecting a win. I'm not that I need one. You know what I mean? It's okay, but um, but uh, it'll it'll still hurt. I think if we do lose, it'll still hurt me, especially being there with Rudy. That'll definitely be painful. But I'll be drinking <laughs> the blues away. <laughs> okay, so let, let's let's talk a little bit about the strategy behind Los Angeles wanting to do this. Now we've talked a little bit about this already. I think I think LA wants to lose. And I think the reason they want to lose is because if they drop to the fourth seed, then they have to go through Philadelphia, a Carson Wentz-less Philadelphia, versus if they stay the third seed, they got to go up through Minnesota. I mean, do you think that's in play? I really think that's in play. I don't well, think they host. They, they host, right? Correct. We're talking about round two. For the divisional round. So if we were to win, if now again, we have, this is why I, I don't know if it's, I don't think this is the full reasoning behind it because I think part of the reasoning is it's like, hey, we won the division. Whether we win or lose, it makes no difference to us. We're still going to be at home for playoffs next week. There's really no need to, and I understand where it's coming from. Like, look, man, if we went to playoffs, we didn't have Goff or Gurley. If God forbid one of them went down, I mean, we're we're done. Where there's there's nowhere we're gonna go make it pass. But I do I. I I would like to believe that did factor in because if we win next week, if we beat whether we play Carolina or New Orleans or Atlanta, we're going to play one of those three teams most likely, unless some sort of collapse happens and Seattle sneaks in, but uh, which I would be totally down to play Seattle again. I think we'd crush their asses again in, in LA. But um, whoever we play, one of those teams, if we can win that game next week, then if we're the number three seed, then we go to Minnesota, which – there's no way we went on the road against Minnesota. We already got creamed by then. If we go to, but if we're the number four seed, yeah, like you were saying, we go to Philadelphia in the second round, which I would love to do, man. Nick Foles versus Aaron Donald is not going to work out for Philadelphia. So I would love to go to Philly the second round because then best, you know, worst case we go to, we go to play the Vikings in the NFC championship, which is going to be a very tough game, obviously, but, you know, look, man, K- hey, Case Keenum, I told him earlier, Case Keenum has as many playoff starts as Jared Goff does. People got to keep that in mind. They both, they've never been to playoffs before, either either guys. Minnesota's a great team. They have amazing defense, but they, he's never been. We don't know what a Case Keenum playoff game looks like, nor a Jared Goff playoff game. So I think it's, it's going to be your, What are your thoughts on Goff? I mean, Goff is playing at a top 10, top 5 level in certain statistics. He's in top 5, others top 10, but he's had a really good season. I wouldn't be surprised if he made the Pro Bowl. I don't know if he's already been voted in. 
Um, if not, he probably should be in there. I know he sits in the NFL in touchdown reception or touchdown passes. But I mean, what are your thoughts on Jared Goff from your perspective? Because I haven't really watched a lot of him because I obviously don't follow LA. But the point is, um, you have a closer perspective than any of us do. Um, and I'm curious, like, is 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 his play is is his play like? Do you see similar like like high potential stand? Like, do you see high potential in him? similar to the way that we view Jimmy Garoppolo, or does he have a long way to go and it's more of a product of the cast that surrounds him and the coach that's behind him in Sean McVay? I think it's, I think it's a lot of both. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I've watched, like you said, man, I, I, you know, I've watched every game this year very closely, and I also watched every game last year, even when we were losing. And I said I was one of the few people, I was one of the few Jared Goff truthers this offseason, man. I said, I mean, I'm sure in the podcast you can listen back to and hear me at one point saying, Give this guy some time, man. Like he's in a Jeff Fisher offense. He's he has no offensive line. His best receiver is Kenny Britt, who the Browns dropped. That's how bad Kenny Britt is. The Browns dropped him. Let's not let's not forget that, please. So I will say that was our, that was our best receiver last year. So he didn't have a cast. So I think it's a bit of both. I think personally, I think he's a very good young quarterback. I think he has a lot of potential. I don't think he's hit his ceiling. I think his ceiling isn't, you know, I don't think he has a Peyton Manning ceiling where he's going to put up 4,540 4, touchdowns. But I think we're seeing him close to his ceiling in a sense, I think around 30, around 37, 3,800 yards, 30 touchdowns or whatever. But he, what I like most about Jared Goff, man, is his poise in the pocket and his toughness. I watched this kid this year and last year get absolutely rocked dude especially last year because there was no blocking just get pummeled man and he just he just gets back up man he, he's always gonna pick up he's not a big dude he's like 6'2 maybe 220 215 he's not a big guy yeah he just him and jimmy are, are pretty small compared to like the ben roethlisbergers and the, the carson wentz out there exactly exactly man the guys that are more built for those hits and he's just a tough kid man he's mentally tough He's he's physically tough, clearly, man. He's getting rocked. He just gets back up. Um, and his poise, and the poise in the pocket, just like it was last year, it's good, man. He has very good pocket presence for being 22, man. Like, he's a young kid, but he just has good pocket presence, man. He's able to stand in there. He's able to know when the rush is coming. He's able to get out of there when he needs to. Um, he waits to throw the ball the right time. He's not afraid to put the ball downfield, as we've seen this season. Um, a lot of people will say that, oh, you know, he's a, he's a system guy and it's McVay system, which I agree with. Don't get me wrong. That has clearly been the huge deciding factor. But, man, I mean, you watch him. He's he's doing play actions and he's just dropping that ball 50, 60 yards downfield without a care. He's he's not afraid to put it downfield. He's not afraid to check down. He's I, I really like him. And I think he, I like I said, I, I felt the same way I did after last season. Obviously, this year was way more hope because he's proven he can do it. But. I said, I was like, just give him a year, man. Give this kid another year in an actual system with an O-line and weapons. Like, we went out and got all these weapons around him, and I think that's been a huge, huge factor. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys, man. I have a lot of hope for him in the future. I think he's. I think he can really be um, – he can keep this up, honestly, in my opinion. Well, I think he's got a good coach. Sean, Mc, Sean McVay was my number two choice if we weren't going to land Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, um, because that, I, yeah. I, I I knew his his lineage obviously comes from a terrific bloodline. Um, he comes from from NFL royalty, so that that <laughs> has that has some bearing uh, just in terms of like okay, you know we we like we lo- we know where you come from. We just hope that you have some of those that winning gene in you. Um, so it appears he's got it in him. 
um, with this season. So let's see if he can maintain it, you know, but I like his mind. He's got a good mind. Kyle Shanahan, um, everyone, I think these are the two best. Um, I'd probably put Kyle just in one tier above because he's been doing it longer. And so, um, and then that's the only edge that I give him, but Sean McVay is proving that 31 years old, Kyle's 37, um, that he can, uh, you know, develop a system to give the NFL a run for its money. Cause no one, with the exception of a couple of teams have really been able to stop the Rams offense. Um, and, uh, I think, I feel like, um, aside from that Thursday night game, I, you know, that Thursday night game, that was one of the few games where offensively, you know, we were able to, to kind of, I don't know a lot of teams that have gotten into those that close of a shootout with you guys since then. I haven't followed all of the, the, the final scores of your games. A lot of them, you know, you're putting up 30, 30 plus 40 points. Um, but that was the only game that I noticed within within that span when I was following them that I was like, wow, I was like, considering how crappy our offense is and that we had Brian Hoyer, who basically, you know, kind of gave up the game if you tailor his, his first mistake, which was the pick six, then, you know, that seemed to make all the difference because it came down to just a handful of uh, less than a handful of points. Um, but um, I was I so wanted to see again. I'm kind of got, I'm kind of going back. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm so disappointed because we're just going to get a different breath of McVeigh's game plan versus what it would have been with his starters. Because now he, I, I don't know if they're going to keep the same exact game plan. I think it changes because you're dealing with a quarterback that hasn't got the first team reps the way that Goff has all season, and now he's going to get some of those. But it's all within like less than a week's time. I don't know. He announced it the other day, but we don't know if they perhaps he's been giving them reps beforehand. We don't know. Um, obviously, we'll never know. But I mean, the, Kyle Shanahan, you know, is still going to play the same game plan he had because he's just going to stay on course. And Kyle Shanahan understands, just as McVay and a lot of the good coaches know, that the mental aspect of football is so important. And that's why tanking is not as popular in the NFL as it is in the NBA and Major League, where you know, your seasons are longer. It's more of a methodical mental grind, whereas football is a very condensed mental grind. Um, and Shanahan knows that building this momentum is really, really important for the mental confidence that they need going into next season. They need to believe that they can win. Jimmy obviously fills in that final piece. So that void is now filled where going into the offseason, they can just focus on all of the supporting cast members to, to help Jimmy G because clearly he makes other players around him better which is the one glaring quality that I noticed in these, this span of four games. Um, and, but on the Kyle Shanahan side, he hasn't been getting a lot of credit, and I think a lot of credit is due on his side because now he's been able to retailer the offense to do some of the things that he wanted to do but couldn't do with Beathard and Hoyer. And now he's able to do that with, with Garoppolo because he plays like such a consummate pro. Um, he looks like a seasoned veteran out there. So he's able to do a lot of things with play-action pass, boot passes, um, the waggles, the rollouts, the fakes, all that stuff. I, I'm seeing more of that now under Kyle Shanahan, even against the um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why we were able to thwart that really good secondary as well as we did, we didn't necessarily thread them. I mean, we threw for 242 yards. It was a little bit lower than the previous three games where Jimmy threw for over 300. He's still averaging over 300 per game during this span here, but we did drop a little bit, and I think that's naturally expected with when you're facing the best pass defense in the NFL. However, the reason why we were able to carve them as well as we did is because, A, we had a balanced running game, but, B, more importantly, Kyle Shanahan specifically used three and four wide receiver sets because it forced the Jaguars to step out of their man coverage and into their nickel packages, which is a mixture of man and zone. So because they're not, because they're not able to stay within their primary base set defense, 
they weren't able to execute the way that they have against other teams, which is why teams like, like if L.A. comes to face them, and, you know, if you guys meet them in the championship or something like that, or even the other AFC teams, they basically saw the blueprint on how to beat the, the Jags secondary. And that's how do you stay in, in bigger sets and force them to use their nickel package. We'll see how the Jacksonville adjusts to those, to those looks if they get them. But that's basically Kyle Shanahan, a mixture of Kyle Shanahan. Basically, he knows both sides of the football just as well. Don't think that he's just offensive. Um, he's, he knows them so well, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know how Sean McVay operates in Los Angeles. Louis B., you'd have to fill me in on that. I know he's, like, he's mostly offense, at least based on what I've heard and read. And I know he sits on the sideline and literally, like, he's literally, like, like so he'll, like, sit on the, the ice chest of the, the Thursday night game. I think he was sitting on the ice chest just working out on the next series while the defense was up against us um, in that game. I don't know if he's continued to do that in the, in the season. You'll have to let me know. But, um, but I think um, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, not to – I know I, I said this already, but it's unfortunate that uh, we're not going to see the real potential of, of these two head coaches – battling it out in addition to Garoppolo and Goff. I would have loved that. Uh, to answer your question too, yeah, he basically, he, he basically started up, yeah, he basically, uh, he's gotten a little bit less blatant about it, uh, McVay, but he still pretty much does that, and honestly, it makes sense. That's why he his first move as head coach was to go get Wade Phillips. I think he, I think he thought about that. I think he thought that through. I think he said, look, offense is my shit. That's what I'm going to tailor, and so I need to go find someone that I can trust to just say, hey, Here's the defense. Just make it happen. And I think that's what he did when he went out and got uh, Wade Phillips. He was like, "Look, man, we have a talented defense. I'm gonna go get a coach that I can trust to just say, hey, take care of the take care of the D. Do your thing. I'm gonna work on my stuff. And I love it, man. I, I know that it was it kind of mixed reviews. And I was like, yeah, I love it, man. We needed offense every year. We needed an offense. Our defense is always strong. We always need an offense. I like seeing a coach come in and say, look, this is my strength. I'm gonna get us the highest scoring offense." And this is what I'm going to do. And when I, when offense is on the field, I'm going to be working on the offense for the next drive. I love that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Also, two fun fact: Rams and Niners are the only team in the West that beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, baby. There you go. Like, they have they have like a what is it a nine game or eight game losing streak out in the uh, in this time zone uh, overall. Wow, and I know I that know they that. historically struggle against against the NFC West. Yeah, so here's the thing. So here's here's my de- in defense of the Rams. If I was a Rams fan, I would want to bench the main guys too for a couple reasons. Here's why. Number one, the possible dr- getting the fourth seed and going through Philly, right, and, and saving Minnesota, kind of putting them off as long as possible, right, not having to go back in there and face that insane defense again waiting till the NFC championship. That's number one. Number two, here's the other perspective. The Rams have nothing to fight for. You got San Francisco coming in hot, coming in super hot. San Francisco's going to come in and treat this like it's a playoff game. Why, why risk injury to your star players against a team when there's nothing to fight for, nothing to win for against a team that is coming in to try and punch you in the mouth. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're coming in to do. It's like, well, listen, they're coming in hot. We don't need to win this game. In fact, for this for the standings, it might even be better for us if we lose this game. Why risk it? Why why risk injury? Why put our guys through an unnecessary uh, week sixteen conference? I know it's seventeen, but you know, like the final game of the year. Why put them through that level of a contest when there's nothing for us to fight for? And in fact, 
we we just stand to lose something if we if we get injured, you know, or even, 100%. you know, I think this is going a little too deep, but like, you know, or what if we put all our starters in and they lose to the 49ers? What does that say about us? You know what I mean? Like what, 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 <laughs> what does, what does the psyche of that do? I think that's a, a bridge too far. I think they're not, I don't think in their minds they would ever think that you guys would lose. I have no doubt that McVay believes in his mind. If all his starters were in that you guys would beat us. I, I, I totally believe that's what he believes in, and he should. But I think those two things, it's like you got a team coming in with Every, with a chip on the shoulder and everything that they're trying to prove, you have no reason for the Rams to get into that kind of a squabble with them. Best to just pull the starters, avoid injury, possibly get the four seeds so that you have to go through Philly, which is a, uh, a quote-unquote easier route than having to go through Minnesota, possibly. It just makes sense from the Los Angeles perspective. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's just no reason for you guys to get into a, into a duke out battle with us because we're going in there to duke it out. You know what I mean? The Niners are going in there to try and make a statement. And you guys have no, there's just, there's nothing to gain from trying to get into a squabble with the Niners right now. 100%. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's pretty much what it is. I, I think the, the, the speculative theory is fun just to kind of contemplate and speculate, but um, I think it's more of just preserving because the playoffs are way more important. You you got to keep playing. Whereas if we get injured in this last game, we have the off season to rest. We don't have to prepare for another game, and then be out one of our stars. So there's way more that LA's risking than we are. So it, it it makes sense to rest your big guys. You know, you don't want some, what look what happened to Carson Wentz. You know, he plays hard and plays rough, and it was a game that meant something. Wasn't the end-all, be-all, but ended up costing them their quarterback, and now they look like the more favorable team that other teams want to play in the playoffs because they're not at 100%. They're missing the best piece that they got. And so good good job with McVay taking, taking the more conservative route. Yep, for sure. And with that, well, either way, Louis B. and I are going to go to the game. It should be a lot of fun. It'll be not quite the sneak preview we wanted, but a sneak preview nonetheless. Uh, before we leave, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at RaySolis. You can also follow me on Instagram at RaySolis1. Boom. Louis, where can they find you? You can find me at actually Louis B on Twitter and Instagram. Boom. And you can find me on Instagram at RudySolis3 and Twitter at RudySolis3RD. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. And our Los Angeles co-host. <laughs> Louis B. Louis. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.